really interesting tweet this morning from Jim Pfaff. This is in response to Kevin McCarthy. By the way, this is David Bozell, your conductor at For America, following this shutdown news, this impending shutdown, this pretzel that Kevin McCarthy has twisted himself in, quite frankly. And Kevin McCarthy's out running around this morning telling the Republican caucus that the Republicans don't do well in shutdowns. They always lose shutdown arguments. I think Newt Gingrich would like to have a word about that statement, but okay. Then Jim Pfaff had a tweet about an hour ago to just look at the 2014 election results after the 2013 shutdown. Republicans won the Senate and added 13 seats in the House. Total loss. Obviously, that was ton-in-cheek. It's moments like this where I really... There's been a lot of moments, but these in particular is when I really miss a Rush Limbaugh. This is where he would be on his air airwaves day after day telling us why Republicans ought not be afraid of not passing Joe Biden's agenda, of not furthering Joe Biden's agenda. I heard Matt Gates talking yesterday that the federal government has increased 40% in the last couple of years, three years, I think, since COVID, 40%. It's obviously unsustainable. You feel it in your everyday shopping for your necessities. Nobody asked for that 40% increase. These programs don't work. Just look at the Inflation Reduction Act. Being currently being basically reframed as, quote, Bidenomics, which enjoys historic lows of approval. And just watch the liberal media just complain about stupid Americans in flyover country who just don't understand how good Bidenomics really, really is. But this is where I really miss Rush. He'd be on your air, on his airwaves, pounding his fists. Stop to Kevin McCarthy. Stop calling it a shutdown. Stop buying into the media narrative. You've got all sorts of latitude, Kevin does, in declaring what personnel is essential. So does Biden. And we all know that things don't, quote, shut down. We've been through lots of these over the course of the last 25 years, 30 years, particularly between Gingrich and Clinton. There was a lot of them. The government would be funded almost by the day, just single day continuing resolutions. For those of you old enough to remember that. And the sun came up the next day. Russia would also be de- to be demanding that the, that the Republican Party start engaging the country in some basic physics. The House is the direct representation of the people. The House has the power of the purse. I really don't care what the Senate wants to do. They are not the sort of over-equal branch. They're not more important than the House. Why does the House concede so easily? Start taking your case to the country that you're not going to expend taxpayer resources to prosecute and persecute taxpayers. 
you cannot claim to be the party of limited government if you actually if you don't actually limit some government. Let me repeat that. You cannot claim to be the party of limited government if you don't actually limit some government. More than anything, I think Rush would lecture Republicans leadership most of the party to get out of its self-imposed cocoon. There's a real world out there that these guys fundamentally just do not understand and don't want to be a part of. And the moment you come petition your government or the moment you come in contact with them, they would they they'll fumigate the room as soon as you leave. But Kevin McCarthy declaring that you will lose, and this is, I think, something something Rush would also say, declaring that you will lose before you even step onto the field violates every tenet of the American spirit. It's offensive. And you're not just going to lose this spending fight because of it. You're going to lose your majority. You're going to lose your speakership. And there's a good argument to be made that Kevin McCarthy has already lost his speakership. This is the job he wanted. He can complain all he wants about the 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 conservatives who actually want to honor these promises. Now, if I had a critique of the Freedom Caucus and how they've gone about this, it would be the following. I have no objection to what they want. They want their border security package passed. It's mission critical down there. They want the weaponization of the Department of Justice to, to be over. They do not want to send taxpayer resources to go prosecute the last Republican president and front runner for the Republican nomination, among other things. Not just his trials, but all sorts of others. But if I had a critique of the Freedom Caucus, it's this. The only real promise, because McCarthy doesn't really like making promises, but the one that he... The only one he really made in advancing and trying to win the majority back in 2022, he put out this commitment to America. A lot of it was fluff. We will secure the border. We will cut taxes, et cetera, et cetera. But the signature legislative, the most specific legislative promise that Kevin McCarthy made was to gut the expansion of the IRS, the $80 billion used for 80,000 plus agents. That was the one thing that he did. So if I'm a member of Congress that is interested in cutting some spending and limiting some government, I think my attitude would be the following. Kevin, love you, mean it. I'll stand shoulder to shoulder with you and fight to the death so long as you just provide me a bill that honors your promise. And make him go negotiate with this left-wing arm of the Republican Party. In fact, it, it would empower him to do so. I'd also have solutions on the table, which the Freedom Caucus has. They've 
this is a lot of the policies that they want included are, are theirs. And they've drafted these provisos, these laws, these adjustments in the spend. This is, this is their budget. And so you can't make the argument that they're not sort of being proactive in providing solutions. This is their solution. And they got theirs passed as a standalone. Now, they knew back then what they know now. It's not a surprise. That's, that standalone, they're passing standalone bills mean nothing unless you try to squeeze them into things that, you know, so-called must pass. I've got more respect for guys like Chris Christie and Mike Pence and Tim Scott. These guys have zippy chance of winning the Republican nomination. But they did not declare before they announced that they're, of their run that they, were, they would lose. So don't tell me this silliness about Republican that you will lose. You've got all sorts of Republicans running for president who are at least honoring some of the basic tenets of the American spirit. They're giving it the good old college try. I think Rush would also explain that Republicans do not understand, or, or better put, do not want to understand the gravity of these votes. The gravity of their decisions here. And because of that, this Republican ruling class, to borrow a Rush designation, is unfit to be the opposition to the Democrats. The question is simple. If you were to ask Kevin McCarthy, do you want to beat the Democrats politically? And he, and he was forced to give you an honest answer. What do you think his answer would be? What do you think 40, 50% of the Republican caucus's answer would be? What do you think 70% of the Republican senators' answer would be? Do you want to beat the Democrats politically? Their honest answer would be no. Those of us who want to have no other choice. And perhaps, unless somebody wants to explain this to me, have no other path to beating the Democrats politically. You cannot, in good conscience and in good faith, Declare that Joe Biden's policy achievements, if you want to call them that, are bad if you vote to fund them. And this goes back basically to Obamacare. Once the Republicans decided to fund Barack Obama's signature domestic legislative achievement, they were finished. It is intellectually dishonest to suggest that you oppose these policies while voting to fund them. And by voting to fund them, basically making us do it. It is intellectually dishonest. And politically, you will lose because the country has caught on to your dishonesty. 
You do not honor your campaign promises. Young people understand instinctively that when a Republican says something, it means nothing. Older voters may be a little bit more pragmatic or perhaps hopeful that eventually they'll come to their senses. Younger voters have no reason to be patient. So given the two choices, they're going to opt for the Democrat who means it every time. Every time. People who mean what they say are attractive, are captivating, are sexy to the American mind. They capture your attention. They mean business. They're committed. They're principled. We can talk about values till the cows come home. But those who mean what they say are attractive to the average Joe. The Republican Party. We could argue when this started, but in earnest, it started with its funding of Obamacare. And has continued up to and including today with Kevin McCarthy declaring to his caucus that he will lose if he tries to fight. That is akin to saying, basically, why why take the putt? I'm going to miss it anyway. Why kick the field goal? I'm going to miss it anyway. Why step into the ring? I'm going to get beat up anyway. Why try to build this road, build this computer, Invent this, that, or the other. It won't work anyway. No one will buy it. It violates everything that the American spirit was founded on. Consider, we will lose because we always do. That's almost a direct quote from Kevin. Versus, yes, we can which was Obama's tagline. Which one is more attractive? Which more one is more attractive to the politically agnostic? Which one is more attractive to the politically astute? Now, Bidenomics falls way, way short and build back better or whatever, it falls way, way short of yes, we can. But you understand the point. Unless and until these guys start trying to honor what supposedly they're supposed to believe in. And the only way to do that is to get out of their cocoon. Now, what the reason I bring up Rush is that every organization, every sort of you know, conservative mind is trying to fight this good fight in, this, in September. But I was thinking last night, it's like, man, this would be a lot easier if Rush were alive because he could cut through the noise. And yes, there are a zillion mini Rushes out there. But no one had his gravitas. And no one today still has, does not have his gravitas. Tucker perhaps was, you know, came the closest. 
Though I've got huge reservations with that interview with the guy, Larry Sinclair, the guy who claims to have had sex with Obama. That required better journalistic standards. Frankly, I would have preferred that he just take a lie detector test on camera and just leave it at that. But I digress. But no wonder that Fox fired Tucker, because Tucker was getting close. Tucker, according to Gallup, I haven't checked the last months, but he had a couple months in a row where he was the most trusted man in America. But no one can replace the, you know, the day after day, three hours a day. And no one has since. With the clarity uh, of vision that Rush Limbaugh provided. And, had, and I know he would be in it to win it on this fight and a lot of others, but this one in particular, given the gravity of the situation. We are funding our own demise. The Republicans are funding their own demise politically. Conservatives are funding our own demise from a policy perspective. It has to stop. We were promised it would stop. And that should be the mantra of every serious member of Congress. I've provided you pieces of legislation. If you want my vote, provide me pieces of legislation that honors our commitment to make this stop. And the country will most certainly survive. Not just that, it will thrive. Thrive. If you start gutting Joe Biden's destruction. That's it for me, folks. I think you understand the gravity of the situation as well as I do. Pray for these guys and keep the pressure on Congress that they do the right thing. Take it easy.